I've been uh, a couple, three weeks now reading a lot of John Ortberg, which has prompted us to talk quite a, a little bit uh, up here about growing up in Christ-likeness, specifically loving God and loving people. Now, I want to do that for at least again today, maybe next week. This morning, specifically, a couple of areas in our heart that we could adjust to grow up a little more, more like Jesus. And the first one is just simply this. Some of the things in our life that we need to let go of, we need to let go of. Uh, I read last week about a new startup tech company in California that is just, I mean, just on fire. And they take real good care of their, of their employees. They have on-site meals. They have on-site messaging. They have child care. They have pet care. They have senior care. They have flex time. You get three-month maternity leave, three-month paternity leave. You get um, a, a company-issued computer, a company-issued car, a company-issued condo, a company-issued spouse if you want one. It, it's just on fire. It's called TwitterFaceAppleGoo.com. And I said they were doing good. Uh, they were because they had something really terrible happen to them. They had a CFO that embezzled some money, and I don't mean a, lot, a little money, they had a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars, more than he could have made in several lifetimes. He got caught over the weekend, and it just blew up on social media. So the old man called the leaders all together. They called this guy the old man behind his back because he's kind of the leader of the company, been there the longest. In fact, he's the owner of the company. He's 26 years old. Anyway, they call, he called the leaders together, and uh, everybody knew what was going to happen. This guy was going to get the ax, and he was going to get significant jail time. Now, he knew it too, so as soon as he showed up in front of all the leaders, he went right down to his knees and started begging for mercy. Please, he said, I'll pay this back every dime. Think about my family. Think about my wife. Well, the people watching, are they're uh, amused and disgusted. They're amused to watch the show. But uh, one of the things they're amused about is that he said he'd pay it back. I mean, there's no way. Millions and millions of dollars. There's no way he could pay back. And they're disgusted because, man, he got caught. I mean, he did this. But if they were shocked by his behavior, words can't describe how shocked they were by the uh, old man's behavior. Because instead of calling for the cops, his his face kind of softened. You could tell his heart got soft. He teared up. His voice cracked. And instead of telling this guy that he could pay back the debt, he canceled it. Said, so you don't owe a dime. No prison time, no disgrace. You go home, tell your family everything's going to be all right, and I'll see you Monday morning for work. What? I mean, these guys just not, could, could not believe this. Um, it blew up on on media. I mean, it, Fox did uh, a two-week special on it. Carrie Underwood uh, sung a song about it, made millions. Um, Kevin Costner tried to get the movie rights. He was going to play the old man. They said he was too old, too unattractive. I mean, it was an amazing story, okay? Uh, but was the most amazing part of the story is it wasn't over yet. About a month after the CFO went back to work, he was on PayPal during company time, I might add, and he noticed that somebody in his uh, uh, department owed him 50 bucks. So he went to get this guy, and uh, this guy made minimum wage, and he went up to him and said, I need my 50 bucks. He said, I don't have it on me. He said, yo, you need to pay it. He said, can I have till payday? You know, I'm trying to take care of my parents too. Now, everybody in the workplace, there's plenty of people there, knew that this guy was going to soften up. I mean, he'd just been given all this grace, but he didn't. His face was hard. His heart was hard. And he said, well, you're going to rue the day you owed me money. I'll tell you what, pack your stuff and get out. You're fired. And the guy was disgraced and humiliated and left the building. 
The employees who were watching this could not believe that this guy had been let off the hook by so much and then come after this guy for 50 bucks. And, of course, the old man found out about it. He called the guy back in. This time the meeting was different, went a lot quicker. He said, you must think I'm simple-minded and unattentive. You're gravely mistaken. I showed you a lot of mercy. You didn't give any. I showed you a lot of forgiveness. You didn't offer any. I showed you a lot of love. You didn't give any. Have it your way. He called the police in, they handcuffed the guy, and he was carted off to jail until he could pay it all back. Now you probably, before I got very far into the story, recognized this. It's the story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 18 about the two debtors. It's not a very subtle story if you've not read it for a while. Jesus is very clear with it. In case you missed how clear he was, in verse 35 of that story, he says this, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and your sister from your heart. Now, here's the deal, family. I didn't just find another uh, neat story that I wanted to share with you. This, This story is us. This is our story. Jesus Christ is reminding each one of us that we serve a God in heaven who is unbelievably generous to us, who is also painstakingly just, and we better remember that, he says, in how we treat other people. He's reminding each one of us in here that we have a mountain of debt before God, all of us, and we're building on it every day, every time we're a little less honest than we should be, every time we fudge a little on the expense account. Every time we say the cutting remark, even though we shouldn't have. Every time we don't say something encouraging, even when we should have. Every time we gossip, or not grateful, or close our eyes to the poor. Every, bitter, every bitterness kept. Every selfish act. Every self-righteous attitude. Every failure to be generous and grateful for the stuff God's given us. Every time we are spiritually lazy. Every time we turn a blind eye to racism. Every time we got a lustful thought. We just keep building this mountain of debt before God. And look, we're all in the same boat here, every one of us. I've been preaching for 40 years on how to grow up into becoming Christ-likeness, and it took me 30 seconds to come up with that list. You know why? Because I've done every one of them. I keep building this mountain of debt before God, just the same as you. And then one day, at the cross of Jesus Christ, God took pity on us, had compassion on us, and forgave every one of our sins and set us free. That's why I preach. And Jesus said, you better be real careful how you treat other people. In fact, based on that, he taught us in the model prayer to pray this way. Father, forgive our debts as we forgive those who owe us, who are indebted to us. Charles Williams says that that word in the English carries a greater possibility of terror than any other word there is, as. Forgive us as we forgive others. So the first thing we need to let go of are the sins of other people committed against us. In fact, Jesus is so serious about this one that he added a postscript to the model prayer. The most prayed prayer in human history, he gave a P.S. to it. And here's the P.S. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive yours. I mean, is that pretty clear? Do we need an expository sermon preached on that? It's clear to me. I think it's pretty fair, too, don't you? And here's the deal. It's kind of like the reward deal last week. It's not not that God could forgive us, but He's withholding it until we're motivated to forgive other people. this This is an issue of human condition. This is who we are. You can't have both. They're incompatible, which leads to the second thing. 
We need to let go of our desire to just get out of trouble instead of being forgiven. Big difference. Big difference between just wanting to get out of trouble and, and wanting to be forgiven. Several years ago, I was working at Yellowwood State Forest. I was 19 years old. I loved that job. And one day, the property manager came up to me and one other guy there, and he said, close things up. We're going to go fishing. Well, we're tickled to death to get out of a whole day of work. And so we left everybody. I closed up the office, and we went to Shackamack State Park. Now, I shouldn't have taken advantage of these guys. They're not very good fishermen, but I was 19 years old, so I did it. On the way, I said, hey, here's what we'll do. Whoever catches the first, the biggest, and the most, the other two guys buy dinner. Okay. <laughs> well, these guys didn't catch a fish, and I caught a bunch. And, and this will surprise you, Carl, Dad, but I, I trash-talked them all day. I mean, I couldn't, get, I couldn't quit talking about what I was going to have to dinner and what I was going to eat and all this kind of stuff. Well, we got about 45 minutes till it's time to go, and a CO, a conservation officer, came up on the beach at Old Lake Shack. He's got his binoculars out, and he says, Hey, fellas, hold your fishing license up for me. So we all got our fishing license. I didn't have my billfold. So he called us in, and I'd sold myself my fishing license. So I knew I'd bought one. So he was kind enough to call uh, Trudy Hammond, who was a secretary, on the radio, and she read him out my number, and he let us go. And we're driving into town, and I started trashing again. I can't decide whether I'm going to get a malt or a milkshake. Well, we're not buying your dinner. I said, what are you talking about? I caught the first biggest and most. Yeah, but you caught those fish illegally, and we're not buying your dinner. <laughs> Here's my point of that whole story. I went a long way to get there. I didn't really care whether that CO forgave me or not for not having my license. I just wanted to get out of trouble. See the difference? Different scenario, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I got into it. Angie and I, listen, we just don't fight. I mean, we don't. We're, we've been married 36 and a half years, so we bite each other every now and then. But when we fight, we don't talk. And it's been literally a year and a half since we went to Banff that we had one of those. We had one a couple weeks ago, and we went two days without talking. Now, this will shock you, too. On the second day in, I got to thinking it's probably my fault. <laughs> no, that's a shocker. And uh, I wanted it stopped because here's the deal. This is the most, and you guys know this by now, this is, this, she's the most important thing on the planet to me. And when we're not right, I can't, I can't pray, I can't study, I can't get a sermon together. So after a couple of days, I said, can we fix this? She can't resist me. But here's the deal. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I could have continued to act moody and pouty and goofy, and, and hoped she just put up with it and just got out of trouble. That's not what we're talking about here. And if you and I want forgiveness from God, we got to admit we did something wrong. And that's tough. And then we also have to repent. And that's even tougher. The other option is we can remain people who cling to resentment, hold grudges, bitter at other people, retaliate, and just do anything we want to do. And if that's what we do, we can do it, but we won't get forgiveness. That's pretty dangerous. And we won't grow up in Christ, and we won't repent, and we won't become new creations in Him. But here's the deal. We get to choose. You're not going to make anybody in here do it. Which leads to number three. We need to let go of the notion that we can have God's tender heart towards us and keep a hard heart towards other people. Because you cannot have both. And, and understand this. It's not that we shouldn't. We can't. It's impossible to do both things. 1 John 4.20 says this. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they see cannot possibly love God who they've not seen. Our nature comes out. Everybody will know it. 
by the way you're living. That's just the way it is. Have you noticed now when anytime a celebrity or a politician gets in trouble, they go on TV and they publicly say, I apologize, I'm sorry for what I did, I, I don't know what come over me. They always say this, uh, it, it just doesn't reflect who I really am. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Our actions always reflect who we are. I mean, I'm the one that said it. I'm the one that did it. I'm the one that thought it. My character is based on how I act, not what I say from up here. And it's the same with you. And if we tell God we're going to forgive people, but we don't, it's going to be real clear. Father, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. See, here's the deal. Every one of us in here has a debtor. And it might be your mom and dad. They might have done something bad to you. An ex-spouse, a neighbor, somebody else in your family. And they owe you. You're going to collect that 50 bucks? Are you going to remember the mountain of debt that you owe God? So you get to choose on that. And I'm telling you, how you live and how you treat them and how you act makes it pretty clear which way you chose. One more thing we need to get, uh, let go of, and then we'll finish up what we need to hold on to. We need to let go of our, tre- our bad treasures. This is what he says in Matthew 6, 19. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Instead, store for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, Jesus said, that's where your heart is. Wherever your treasure is, that's, that's where this thing is. Um, two goats got loose in the junkyard. You were just talking to me about goats this morning, Darren. Two of them got loose in the junkyard. You know, goats eat anything. And one of the goats knocked over a big box with uh, a bunch of... Um, uh, movie reels in it. And he popped those things off and started eating it. And the other goat came up and said, how do you like the film? He says, pretty good, but to be real honest, I like the book better. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, here's the thing about a junkyard. When you look at the junk in a junkyard, at one time, that was something bright, bright shiny, new that somebody just had to have. I, I like, I'm going to pay money for that, you know? And then moths got a hold of it, or rust got hold of it, or somebody stole it, or it just got wore out. And now it's in a junkyard someplace. That's the nature of our stuff, family. That's the nature of all our stuff. That's just the way it goes. In fact, uh, the only difference between the stuff in the junkyard and, and the stuff in the store right now at Walmart and Target and, and Best Buy and Old Navy and Royal Chevrolet and Andy Moore, the only difference between that stuff and junkyard stuff is time. That's it. Treasure is just junk waiting to happen. I saw an uh, ad for a watch not too long ago. It said it was an expensive watch. And it said, you don't own this watch. You just pass it on to the next generation. I looked it up last week online, and it's uh, the platinum version of this watch sells for $1,230,000. For a watch, for crying out loud. This is going to end up in a junkyard. And this guy on, uh, on the internet that I looked up was uh, pretty tickled because he'd gotten a bargain and got one for $1 million instead of $1.2. Even your bargains are going to end up in a junkyard. Ladies, the shoes you bought for this winter, those new boots, they're going to be in a junkyard someday. That new car, car you just bought, junkyard. The table you bought for upstairs, junkyard. Everything's going to end up in a junkyard. So you got to be careful. You can buy a sub-zero refrigerator. I just got to tell you this. I probably don't have time, but I don't care. I looked this up last Sub-zero refrigerator at homedepot.com, 29.5-foot cubic refrigerator, $10,399. Can you believe that? 
The consumer's advocate group says sub-zero is actually the IQ that anybody that would pay that kind of money for a refrigerator. And I think I agree unless one of you bought one, then I think they're way off base. But you know, what Jesus is talking about here is he doesn't say you and I shouldn't have treasures. He's saying we shouldn't have bad treasures. I don't want to get the notion, I think sometimes Christians get the notions that good Christian people shouldn't have lots of money and they shouldn't have nice stuff. Nothing can be farther from the truth. We were created for the capacity to treasure. Everybody treasures something. My four-year-old grandson, Griffey, he treasured this, one of those uh, squeezing toys that you got as a unicorn. He loved it. And Oliver tore it up. And he's upset about it. We're looking for another one. And we should let him be upset about it because nothing hurts anybody, child or adult, more than to make light of or fun of their treasure. Everybody treasures something. People in prison, people in concentration camps, homeless people have got a letter or something that they treasure, a photograph. When somebody dies, you grab something on that may not be worth anything to anybody. But it, you know, I was going to bring this in, but I didn't because I just didn't get up underneath the bed to get it. But I got my dad's change purse. It's one of those you pull in it while it's open. He, he's been gone over 25 years. I took that. It's got, still got the change in it. And four Titrelac. He used to carry Titrelac because he had heartburn all the time. It's worth nothing. It's priceless to me. In fact, the word, the Greek word in this passage that Jesus uses is the word we get our word treasure trove. And he uses some variation of that word five times in this passage. So again, the point is we should never feel bad about treasuring. God loves that capacity in us, just like we love it in our kids. He doesn't say don't treasure anything. He says don't treasure the wrong things. Don't wrap your beautiful eternal heart around things that are temporary. It's not that they're bad. It's just they're going to be gone one day. Moth's going to get it. Moth doesn't get it. Rust will. If rust doesn't get it, a thief will. And if thief doesn't get it, your greedy kids will when you die. I mean, everything you have is going to rust out, wear out, burn out, or just be gone someday. But you will not be. You're eternal. You're going to be forever. So be very careful what you treasure. Your treasuring strategy is very important. You know, I was thinking this week, some people are real good at playing the stock market. We don't have any stock. It's a good thing because I wouldn't do any good with it. But some people are real good with it. They, they buy and they sell and they make a lot of money. I read last week that IBM went on the New York Stock Exchange in 1915. That's a long time ago. So here's my question. Think about this for a minute. If you bought 100 share of IBM in 1915, what would you be worth today? I think about that for a minute. It's astronomical. Just take a guess in your mind. You can tell the person next to you what you think that'd be worth. Here's the answer. If you bought 100 share of IBM 100 years ago, 1915, you'd be dead. It wouldn't be worth it. You wouldn't be worth anything. That's what Jesus is trying to remind us. Jesus is very bearish on the earthly market and very bullish on the heavenly market. Proverbs 23.5 says, Do not worry yourself out trying to get rich. Don't trust in your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, because they'll be gone. The modern version of that is the poem, Money Talks. Money talks I can't deny. I heard it once. It said goodbye. Things come and go very quickly. Jesus says, be very careful where you put your treasure, your heart, which leads to number two, and we're, we're almost done. Um, here's some things we need to hold on to. We got to hold on uh, to our treasures in heaven. Somebody says, what's our treasures in heaven? Oh, man, we've been talking about it for weeks. Number one is to treasure God, to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to sing to him like you guys did first, first off here, to, to be devoted to him, 
I mean, to just love him, to adore him, to think about him, to meditate on him, to spend large blocks of time each day to be with him, to be very thankful and grateful for all the stuff he's given you, and to be generous with other people with it because of everything he's given you, to depend on him, to trust him, to worship him. That's the greatest treasure you could ever have. Jesus said any strategy of investment in treasure that has anything to do with the temporary is a bad, it's a bad strategy. And, and so his tip is you put your treasure in heaven. Tom McNerney is the new minister at Salisbury Christian Church. And when we opened uh, up our uh, garage apartment that the kids used to live in to Airbnb, thank you very much, back in June, he was the first one in it. And I didn't know that. He came out, and they were, you know, he's down one day walking his dog, and I was out with my dogs. We got to talking. I said, what are you doing? He said, so anyway, we've struck up a great friendship. And he took the church, and uh, we meet every week uh, with the other preachers. We've had a good time. Well, uh, about two and a half months ago, they needed a place to stay cheap for about six weeks. So they came back in the apartment, so we even got closer. But, you know, I was a little disgusted with him. He was up there six weeks, and when he left, he didn't bother to repaint. He didn't put new carpet down. He didn't buy new appliances. I mean, I can't believe he didn't hang any new pictures. I didn't get any new windows or a door out of it. Of course I'm kidding. Why would he do that? He's only up there for six weeks. It's exactly what Jesus is talking about. Be careful what you treasure. Don't treasure things here. You're not going to be here long enough to re-carpet and repaint all those kind of things. You put your treasure in things in, in heaven. The second thing we got to treasure, and I'll come down so you know I'm about done, is people. You treasure God and you treasure God's people. And listen, we got an opportunity to choose this on a daily basis too. Thinking a lot about my wife this week. Here's another life story. We've been married about six months probably. And we, <laughs> we were on our way to Cincinnati, back to classes. Man, we drove a lot back then. But anyway, uh, we're going down 74 and I'm speeding and she's in my ear. She doesn't do this very often, hadn't for years, but for some reason, I'm speaking. I finally had had enough. So we got about a mile from the Ohio State line, and I just pulled over to the berm. She said, what are you doing? I said, you're going to drive. I'm not driving. I said, yes, you are. You're driving. I've had enough. So we got around. We're probably right on the verge of having one of those two days not talking kind of deals, but we, <laughs> we hadn't gone two miles. She got pulled over for speeding. Now, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was glorious. Now, I had, I, <laughs> I had a choice. Uh, I could have chose to celebrate the fact that he just gave her a warning because we didn't have any money. Or I could have celebrated the fact that I could have said, I told you so, and we could have had that. Or I could have treasured my wife. That's one of the few times I, I chose correctly. And we laughed all the way to Cincinnati. God treasures people. Deuteronomy 32.9, the Lord's portion is his people treasures you all of you he treasures everybody married, divorced, separated Christian, atheist Muslim Buddhist gay, straight, happy, sad red and yellow, black and white they're all precious in his sight he has a picture of you on his refrigerator he treasures you if you want to store up treasures in heaven, you treasure each other. You love each other. 
like you love yourself, which brings us here. Isn't that something? The place where this all started, where that mountain of debt was just forgiven. And I don't mean yesterday's debt. The Bible says Christ died once for all sin. And that word all in the Greek is a perfect tense verb. Past, present, future. He died for the entire mountain. Yesterday's, today's, and tomorrow's. It's amazing grace. Let's come up today and thank Him for that. I mean, I, I, words can't. But you can spend some time with Him. Just thank Him for that. And then as you come to thank Him for that, is there somebody in your life right now you're mad at? Somebody owe you 50 bucks? Why don't you come up today and let them off the hook? Don't you think that's the right thing to do? Love God and love people.